Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story, Chinese authorities arresting over 1,000 Tibetans, including monks, as protests break out in China. Why people there are taking to the streets. The U.S. Coast Guard boarded two Chinese fishing boats near the Pacific island nation of Kiribati. That's just days after reports revealed Chinese police working on the island, a close neighbor to the U.S. state of Hawaii. American troops stationed in Taiwan block from accessing a satellite network designed for its military. Lawmakers are urging CEO Elon Musk to open it up. Another satellite agency catches a glimpse of a suspicious barrier. It's floating in a disputed shoal where Chinese Coast Guard vessels drove off foreign ships. Does the image offer up new evidence? And stay with us for a special announcement about our documentary Hollywood Takeover, China's control in the film industry at the end of today's show. Mass arrests in southwestern China catching the U.S. State Department's attention. Authorities arrested over 1,000 Tibetans, including monks, last Friday. Footage shows Tibetans pleading with police officers before being dragged away. This comes after hundreds of Tibetans took to the streets to protest the planned construction of a local dam. The project would submerge six monasteries. It would also force people in two villages to relocate. A video clip shows a monk kneeling before Chinese officials, begging them not to destroy the monastery. Other local residents joined him. Monasteries are the backbone of Tibetan culture, but they're also a thorn in Beijing's side. That's because monasteries are the source of legitimacy and power for Tibetan people. Monks and nuns help preserve Tibetan culture and have significant influence in local communities. They also hold protests, making monasteries major symbols of Tibetan resistance against communist control. Chinese authorities have wiped out over 6,000 monasteries in Tibet. The U.S. State Department official expressed concerns over the detention. Under Secretary for Human Rights in the department posted on X that China must respect human rights and freedom of expression. U.S. Coast Guard officials inspected two Chinese fishing boats with police officers from Kiribati, a Pacific Island nation near Hawaii. The encounter happened during a patrol against illegal fishing in the country's waters. But a U.S. Coast Guard official said they found no issues aboard the Chinese vessels. It's the first time in almost a decade for Kiribati police to go on patrol with U.S. Coast Guard members. The patrol took place between February 11th to 16th. It comes amid reports of Chinese police working with local authorities in Kiribati through a joint policing deal was not formally announced. Kiribati is a strategically important country. Despite being small, it's Hawaii's closest neighbor, controls a large exclusive economic zone, and also hosts a Japanese satellite tracking station. China has been making inroads into the Pacific region. In 2022, Beijing signed a security pact with the Solomon Islands, another nation in the region. Washington said it plans to open an embassy in Kiribati to compete with Beijing, but hasn't yet done so. U.S. lawmakers are calling on Elon Musk, asking him to open up his powerful satellite to U.S. military troops stationed in Taiwan. If he refuses, the company could be violating its contract with the Pentagon. That's in a letter from the House Select Committee on the CCP. 
Elon Musk's StarShield is designed to provide secure satellite communication for the U.S. military around the world. With more than 5,000 satellites, the network plays a critical role in maintaining defense relays, especially in war zones like the Russia-Ukraine conflict. But when a House delegation visited Taiwan last week, they found U.S. satellite service unavailable for troops there. Committee Chairman Mike Gallagher warned Musk that the internet blockade would put American service members in the Western Pacific at severe risk. China's threats toward Taiwan are rising fast, especially after Taiwan's people chose a China hawk as their new president-elect last month. The Pentagon sees protecting the island from a potential Beijing invasion as a priority. Taiwan's semiconductor exports and geopolitical values are critical to U.S. national security. Now, the island's president is considering whether to build its own satellite network in case Beijing destroys Taiwan's undersea cable infrastructure. Zooming in on Elon Musk's position, Musk has suggested that tensions between China and Taiwan could be resolved by allowing Beijing to take partial control of the self-governed island. China and Elon Musk have a long-standing relationship. China is Tesla's second largest market and houses its biggest factory. That plant makes more than half of its products globally. Taiwan's ruling party staunchly opposes the island coming under communist Chinese control. The Philippines is lashing out at China, accusing Chinese vessels of conducting blocking maneuvers in the South China Sea. A new floating barrier has been spotted at the entrance of the disputed Scarborough Shoal. Satellite images from Maxar Technologies captured the gear last week. The barrier blocks almost the entire entrance of the shoal to stop vessels from entering. China on Monday called the barrier necessary. That's despite the shoal's location inside the Philippines' exclusive economic zone and it being nearly five times farther from China than the Philippines. Last week, the Philippines also accused China of pumping toxic cyanide into waters near the shoal, which could lead to over $17 million in losses for the country. Why is StarShield used in Ukraine but not Taiwan? Plus reports of Chinese police working with authorities in Kiribati and a suspected floating barrier placed by China in the South China Sea. To discuss, we sat down with retired Marine Colonel Grant Newsham, author of When China Attacks. Grant Newsham, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Uh, thanks very much. Glad to be here. Now, why do you think SpaceX hasn't been in use in Taiwan, but it has been in Ukraine? Well, I think that Elon Musk got in bed with the Chinese communists and he's going to pay for it. Uh, this shouldn't be any great surprise, but he went into China uh, all in with Tesla. Uh, he, he, like everyone else who's gone there, thinks, well, they really love me. They'll give me special treatment. They did. Uh, but it was just long enough to get his business in there, to get his technology and to you know, create uh, competition to build Chinese uh, electric vehicles. And as a result, they've got pressure on him. Now, staying in the Pacific, reports are coming out that the island nation of Kiribati has a deal with China to operate a police station on the island. Now, what leverage does that give China? Uh, well, it gives them... A lot of leverage, but it goes along with some other things. It's more than just that agreement to have a police station. Uh, it's the result of some very patient and uh, long-standing influence efforts, subversion uh, in Kiribati uh, to win over uh, Kiribati elites and other people in society to the Chinese side. And as a result, in 2019 or so, they switched recognition from Taiwan to China. 
Uh, they signed that policing deal. And all in all, it's really opened the doors for the Chinese. Um, but all is not lost. The Chinese do have inroads, but the game's not over. Uh, so it, it's something that, to the extent the Americans and the Japanese and the Australians actually make an effort, uh, they can actually build back some of the support that they've lost in these places. But make no mistake, uh, China went from pretty much nothing to having a very substantial uh, bit of influence in Kiribati. Now, zooming out a bit, satellite images are showing a floating barrier in the mouth of the Scarborough Shoal. This is a hotly contested area between the Philippines and China in the South China Sea. Now, many call this a flashpoint for diplomatic flare-ups in the region. How do you read the tensions in that area? Oh, th this is very serious. Uh, the Philippines have stood up to the Chinese, and they're kind of hoping the Americans really do back them up. But you mentioned Scarborough Shoal. And this is contested territory. It shouldn't be because it's clearly Philippine territory, well within the Philippine EEZ. The Permanent Court of Arbitration made an official ruling on this in 2016, saying it's Philippine territory. China won't be budged. They have referred to the court's ruling, actually, as a, just a piece of scrap paper. Uh, what it could happen is the Chinese would actually attempt to how do you call it, fill in or dredge or create an artificial island in Scarborough Shoal, further strengthening their, their hold on the place. Uh, the Chinese have stayed there. They've got their Coast Guard there, the military there. They're keeping Philippine fishermen out, uh, keeping uh, Philippine government vessels out of the area. And they are there, and they don't uh, show any signs of, of moving. And if the Philippines keep pushing this, at some point, Either the Philippines give up and say, well, there's nothing we can do, or they say, look, America, you said you would help us. And the Americans just might have to go out with the Philippines and stay there and make it clear to the Chinese that we are going to help our friends. So this is a place where you could see the Americans and the Chinese coming directly uh, to loggerheads. China took our lack of action as a, effectively a green light to start building islands and militarize the South China Sea. A lot at stake for sure. Grant Newsham, thank you so much for your time. A pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. A strong statement from the top U.S. diplomat in China, Ambassador Nicholas Burns, calling China the most important and most dangerous relationship that the U.S. has. In an interview with CBS 60 Minutes, he also shed light on a real problem for China's economy. Burns noted foreign capital is important for China's economic growth, but Beijing's message seems contradictory. On the one hand, they say they're open for foreign business, but on the other, they've raided at least six American businesses since last March. U.S. consulting firms such as the Mintz Group and Capvision were among the victims. Authorities took several employees into custody. Another U.S. consulting giant, Bain & Company, said Chinese police questioned staff at its Shanghai office. It came as China pushed a new law expanding the definition of espionage without clearly defining it. Under the rule, if a person transfers documents, data or materials related to China's national security, the action could be considered espionage. As for anyone suspected of espionage, Chinese authorities can ban suspects from leaving China. They can also search the suspect's bags, electronic devices, and property. The State Department has warned Americans to reconsider traveling to China due to risks of arbitrary detention.
Coming up, China state-owned enterprises are re-establishing a practice not seen since the 1970s, setting up their own volunteer armies, a legacy of the Mao Zedong era. But what are they preparing for? More venture capital firms in Silicon Valley winding down their businesses in China. And they don't seem interested in returning anytime soon. What's driving them away from the globe's second largest economy? And an exquisite, majestic sight to behold. That's what Detroit audience members had to say about New York-based classical Chinese dance company Shenyun. More on their reactions to the dazzling performance after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Across China's corporate sector, dozens of major companies have established in-house reserve forces for Beijing's military. Experts said it signals the regime's fear over social instability. NTD's Sam Wong has the details. A state-backed reserve force now embedded across China's major corporations. According to a CNN analysis, at least 16 companies have established what are known as People's Armed Forces Department in the past year. The in-house units are a legacy of former Chinese leader Mao Zedong. They often act as backup militias for the regime's military. Members are mostly civilians working regular jobs. Analysts said the departments focus primarily on domestic security, given the rise of social instability within China as its economy tumbles at a record pace. The regime has battled a round of financial challenges in the past year, from death-stressed local agencies under the Chinese Communist Party to youth unemployment and an unprecedented real estate crisis. Labor strikes also skyrocketed across the country. In 2023 alone, statistics show the total number of protests shot up to nearly 1,800. That's more than double from the previous year. Mass protests are rare inside communist China, as many fear doing so could lead to retaliation from authorities. Timothy Heath, a senior international defense researcher at RAND Corporation, said the PAFD is likely an order coming from the top down, because it is happening nationwide all at the same time. What's more, Heath added that the unit could act as a bridge between corporations and state security forces. It could also promote the CCP's doctrines while making sure that people are complying. Besides the corporate sector, these units also exist in local state agencies and schools. Sam Wong, NTD News. Silicon Valley is joining Washington and Wall Street in de-risking or decoupling from China. Venture capital firms there are taking action. Many have already ousted China from their investment lists. The New York Times noted several Silicon Valley venture capitalists cutting or withdrawing their investments in China. Here's an example. DCM Ventures started investing in Chinese startups in 1999. But last fall, the company announced a new investment plan focusing on young companies in the U.S., Japan and South Korea, with China no longer on its radar. Another case is PitchBook, a company that tracks startups. It says U.S. investments in Chinese startups have fallen by almost 90 percent in the last three years, dropping from $47 billion to less than $6 billion. Thomas Tungas is an investor at Theory Ventures based in California. He says the venture capital firm's investments are looking for places to invest those dollars because the Chinese market is effectively closed. China is seeing its worst economy in decades. Beijing's revised anti-espionage law is giving the communist regime great power to raid the offices of foreign businesses or arrest their employees. On top of that, bipartisan lawmakers say they're closely watching what Chinese businesses these U.S. funds plan to invest in. 
To avoid such scrutiny, here's what Josh Wolf, an investor at a venture capital firm based in New York and Silicon Valley, told the New York Times. He said, as U.S. investors, they more recently disregarded the growing moral, technological, economic and military conflicts we face with China. Nebraska Representative Don Bacon recently signed onto a bipartisan letter designed to slow down TikTok in the U.S. He's also been an outspoken supporter of Taiwan. NTD Steve Lance sat down with Congressman Don Bacon for more. Congressman Don Bacon, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. Congressman Bacon, recently, uh, you know, there's been visits by House lawmakers to Taiwan signaling a shift toward a more assertive stance against China's growing influence in that region. How do you view these visits in the context of confronting China's aggressive tactics, particularly regarding Taiwan? I have visited Taiwan myself. I've met with the president, uh, the foreign minister, also the minister of defense. And we should stand solidly by Taiwan. China doesn't have a right to tell Americans who can visit Taiwan or who can't. So we should go there and not worry about what China thinks. And we should stand by Taiwan very closely. To your point, observers of, uh, you know, the, the Indo-Pacific region, specifically with regard to China and Taiwan, argue that the U.S. has been too hesitant in its support for Taiwan, thereby emboldening China's coercive behavior in the region. Uh, there is a federal ban on government applications. Uh, this was executed by the Biden administration. However, recently during the Super Bowl halftime show, I think it was, there was a commercial, um, not the, the show, but during halftime, a commercial that uh, Biden launched his campaign is starting to use TikTok. It does send a bit of a mixed message there. Do you support an outright ban of this TikTok application? In the end, yes. I, I think we should do what we can to separate ourselves from China. Why give Chinese intelligence access to 330 million people's personal information, uh, let alone the federal stuff. I do think it was crazy. Uh, it was, well, I would criticize the president. On one hand, his, his administration saying that TikTok is a, an intelligence threat to America, and then he's using it, you know, in his own campaign. I mean, the, the contradiction uh, is pretty stark. And I think the president uh, showed a lack of wisdom in doing that, or his team. And so he deserves criticism. A U.S.-based arts performance taking the stage at Michigan's Detroit Opera House. Here's more on why audience members said they left the theater dazzled after seeing Xinyin perform. Xinyin Performing Arts graced the stage at the Detroit Opera House in Detroit, Michigan over the weekend. Audience members were highly impressed with Xinyin's artistry. The performance is exquisite. It is majestic. It's beautiful. The dance is outstanding. The voices are wonderful. They are so entertaining and authentic. It's absolutely exquisite. The interaction between the dancers, the music, and the screen in the background, how it all ties together with such precision. It really is. Uh, the best way to describe it is precision. It's beauty and splendor all in one. Theatergoers applauded Shenyang's mission to revive 5,000 years of traditional Chinese culture and values and took note of a deeper message. Very hopeful. That's, that's what I would say. It was a message of hope, 
and uh, message of restitution. Keep it going because otherwise communist China would probably erase it. So um, it's imperative that they keep the history going and let the rest of the world realize there was something before communist China. Bringing the message out there and keep on doing the great job they're doing. They're just phenomenal. They're extraordinary. Chiang will be performing at the Adler Theater in Davenport, Iowa on February 27th. NTD News, Detroit, Michigan. Before you go, we have a special announcement. We're excited to announce our new documentary, Hollywood Takeover. China's control in the film industry is premiering on the red carpet in Los Angeles on March 6th at 6.30 p.m. To celebrate, we're hosting a sweepstakes for our China in Focus audience. Take a look. Enter to win two tickets to the event in Hollywood. Please use the link in the description down below to enter before this Wednesday, February 28th. For more information about the documentary, please visit HollywoodTakeover.com. The film will release globally on March 8th on Epic TV. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at ChinaInFocusNTD.com. We'd love to hear from you. And more coming up on NTD. Stay tuned for America's Hope with Kelly Wright. Tonight, he speaks with three men fighting for faith in America, in the family, the public arena, and in government. That's tonight at 10 p.m. after China in Focus. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.